This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Well, I am Lance Bass and family to me means love. I've never felt so much love in my life. Hello and welcome to We Are Family. I am your host, Julia Dennison, and I'm here with singer, actor, musician, dancer, and producer Lance Bass. You will, of course, know him from NSYNC. And I have to say, my teenage self right now is fangirling really hardcore. <laughs> but he's now also a dad with his husband, Michael, to twins Violet and Alexander. Lance, welcome to the show. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. We're going into the holidays. And it's your first holiday season as a dad. How excited are you at your house right now? Uh, It has been so incredible. I am the biggest holiday nut ever. You know, from Halloween to Christmas, it is my season. Um, And just to have kids, to be able to bring back this magic and joy of the holidays that, you know, you tend to lose the older you get. It's so great to see this magic through their eyes. So this season is going to be so incredible. And I'm really looking forward to when they turn one next year because I think it's even going to be even better because they'll be able to kind of, I don't know, see what's going around them. I love that. Are there any family traditions that you and Michael are hoping to start with them, I guess, for the holidays or generally? Yeah, we have so many traditions. You know, there's so many traditions I I, I did with my family growing up. My favorite is going around like the rich neighborhoods and looking at all the decorations <laughs> and just dreaming that one day maybe I could put lights in my trees. So that's always fun. It's something that we want to continue, you know, with the kids. But this year we started a new tradition. Our friends had not been able to meet the kids just yet. So uh, last weekend we threw a, our first annual charcuterie Christmas party. And so everyone had to bring a charcuterie platter and everyone voted for their favorite. And then we did a you know, white elephant exchange, you know, using that. But it was so much fun that it's going to be our, our annual tradition. Okay, so what on the winning charcuterie board sort of swung it? Okay, so there was a clear winner, and it really was about the creativity this year because the person who won brought a a charcuterie plate in the shape of Rihanna. Stop. And it was a yes, it was a, ch- a charcuterie. Oh, <laughs> okay, dead. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> Try to picture like the cheese and the, like the the I, how that exactly would look visually. So basically, you know, it's a picture of her, but it's her dress that is full of charcuterie goodies. Oh my goodness! Holy moly! I might have to do a a, a, a charcuterie yeah, Christmas with my that. friends. I'll yeah. steal that idea. Of so, what were the holidays <laughs> like for you as a kid? Do you have any big memories from Christmas with your your folks? Yeah, I mean, they were always just so magical. You know, Christmas time is always about the family. And I, I got to grow up really close to my grandparents. So it was, you know, that day was always so special because you would start in the morning and, you know, open up your presents. You'd be up at the crack of dawn. And my dad always would play the same Christmas mix every year. He loves his classic Christmas, like Dean Martin and all that, uh, which I do, of course, to this day. Um, and then, yeah, we pack up the car. We go see both sets of grandparents. It's a full, full day of eating so much food. 
So now, before we started recording, you were saying you lucked out because your twins have been very good. I'm knocking on all the wood in my closet here in Queens when I'm recording <laughs> yeah, <right>. this. <laughs> but they sound like they've been really good. So, But I do know that it can be tough juggling the holidays with family, extended family, you know, and also having new babies. Do you have any tips for more harmonious family get-togethers? Or, or are you kind of like preparing yourself for the, the family dynamic? And sometimes the pressures can be a little tough on the, around the holidays too. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's definitely going to be a trial and error this year. So far, our families have, have been out here quite a bit. Both of our parents, they were here right when we brought the kids home. So they got to spend the first week with them. And they were here to really kind of help us just in case, you know, we had some real colicky babies. But like you said, they've been really good and it's been nice. And his parents just left. They'll be coming back for Christmas. But it's nice because they just, they all want to help. I'm not one to ask for help too much, but it is so nice to know that your family's there to just kind of pick up and change a diaper here or there or, you know, let you get a little rest here and there. It's, uh, it's been really nice. It takes a village, and it feels like this holiday season, hopefully more families are able to kind of actually be together in person um, like that. Because I feel like it makes a huge difference, especially when you're a parent and you have smaller kids. Oh, yeah. But uh, so tell me, how big of a part does music play in your house? I'd imagine huge. And have you played your twins any in sync <laughs> yet? And how have they responded? I know they're tiny. <laughs> Uh, they are tiny, but you can tell when, when someone loves music and they both light up when I play music around them. I mean, when they were just, just a few hours old, I had to surround themselves with, with music. And I, I turned on my, my Apple music. And the first song that played was this Reba McIntyre song called, he got that from me talking about a son. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this, that's interesting. I haven't even heard this song before. Uh, so that was their first song. It was a Reba McIntyre song. And then I surround themselves, of course, with lots of Christmas music right now. And they have heard the NSYNC Christmas album. That is a must at the holidays. <gasps> a must this holiday season. <laughs> oh, it's a must. Oh, yes. They have a little Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, a little Oh Holy Night. But yeah, I think it's so important to surround your kids with really great music. Absolutely. So yes, they're still very little, but have you noticed any personality traits starting to emerge with them? Uh, two days in, I started noticing. I mean, it is, it's crazy how you can see what they're probably going to be like <laughs> when they're older. My girl, I mean, Violet, she is going to be the one that's very vocal and kind of in charge. I mean, she kind of rules the, the roost here. Uh, yeah, you can tell she's just going to get her way. And then uh, our son, Alexander, you can tell he's going to be a little pushover, just a little cutie, just loving little thing. <laughs> so it's it, the dynamic is going to be really fun to see between those two because it's almost like my husband. He has a twin sister and it's pretty much the same dynamic. She was the one that was always in charge and he was the one just kind of goes with the flow. Isn't that wild how sometimes like you forget that they are going to be their own little human beings with their own ways of doing things. And like, even though they're your family, they, they do their thing. And you notice that early, which, you know, that's a, an exciting part of parenthood, I feel like. It is. But so tell me a little bit about your your journey to having the twins, because it, it doesn't sound like it was the easiest. I know you tried nine times with surrogates before you had at Violet and Alexander? Yeah, well, it was nine donors. So okay. uh, we weren't pregnant nine times. Uh, we were only pregnant twice. But yeah, I mean, it just, and so many of our friends that have gone through this process, it's kind of the same story. The first time they tried it, just, it didn't work for some reason. So, you know, we've, we've been working on it for five years. The first time didn't work. And of course, you know, to start the whole process again, take some time. And of course, during a pandemic, that doesn't help. 
but yeah, I mean, this, uh, the second round was great. Everything ended up exactly, you know, how we wanted and prayed it would be. And, uh, here we are with two gorgeous, healthy children. That's wonderful. Also, I went through a miscarriage before I had my daughter and I feel like it's hard to know when you're going through it because you just can't, you know, you can't look into the future to know that it's going to have that happy ending. Um, but then once you do have your kid, then you kind of, or kids, then you look back and you think, well, it sort of all had to happen in a way for, for, for me to become a parent to, to this child or to these children. But it must have felt very tough and it must have felt like, you know, hard to hold on to that hope. How did you, you and Michael remain optimistic or did you remain optimistic going through all that? Yeah, we kind of went through different, uh, I don't know, levels of optimism. There was definitely a time where I thought the universe was telling us, you're not supposed to have kids, especially when we got to the ninth donor that just didn't work. We're like, okay, when are we going to take the hint <laughs> that maybe we're not meant to have kids? You know, but there was just something in me that was like, no, like, I, I just feel it. And we're going to try, you know, one more time. And it just, it really worked this time. And what was crazy was it was such kismet. The moment that we got pregnant, because we were obviously at the doctor's office and, you know, we were able to watch them implant the, the embryos at the exact second that they were conceived was when we landed on Mars and it was the Perseverance uh, rover. It was a sign. I was watching on TV, this happened. I'm like, oh my gosh, Perseverance. It, it really, it took that. Oh, wow. Perseverance. And also the fact that you're such a big space fan. We know that. So it's sort of like perfect yeah. universe moment there. I love that. Exactly. That was definitely the universe talking to me. So I'm like, all right, all right I got it. So did that change your relationship at all with Michael going through that together? I mean, in a way it did. It, it, it definitely bonded us more. You know, when you go through a lot of, you know, heartaches like that, it bonds you. It can probably push people away, but it really made us closer. And it, it was just nice to have someone to be able to go through that with and that can really understand and uh, you can cry with and just all the emotions come out. So uh, it really just made our relationship so much stronger. That's wonderful. And did you have a lot of support from your families as well? Oh, yes. Our families have been so incredible. You know, my sister, she, she, she wanted to have another kid. She has three kids that are almost out of high school. So, and she was really itching to have a newborn. I'm like, do not do this. I will have the kid for you to get your kid fixed with. Don't start over and have another 18 years before you have another kid leave the house. So she was, she was very happy we had kids because of that right there. That's good. And did you always want to be a dad or how did you imagine life as a father would be? And does it feel very different now that you actually are one? I always wanted to be a dad. You know, I grew up in Mississippi, so family is your life. You don't really look outside your little town. It's all about, okay, who am I going to marry? You know, what, you know, we want a family. And you just really dream about having those kids your whole entire life. So, yes, yeah, so that we now have them is a little later in life. I thought I'd have them way earlier. But uh, now that they're here, it's just, it's amazing to look back because I had such great parents and I can't wait to instill the same morals that they put into me. And, uh, and I learned so much from them. So I, I had some really good uh, idols to look up to. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. 
Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're coming out with such an important moment for pop culture and the LGBTQ community and obviously your own life and as a dad now, are you thinking ahead to those conversations with your kids when they get a little older about identity and sexuality and being your authentic true self? And have you thought at all about how you might approach that? I think it's going to be very natural because I I think it's so important to be very transparent and open about everything with your kids, especially when dealing with something like you know LGBT families. They need to know and they need to know the truth. And so I think the earlier they can really understand that, the better, because kids, they only know what you tell them, right? It's not, if you don't make it a big deal, it's not a big deal to them. Uh, I remember when I came out, you know, on the cover of People magazine and my niece and nephews were really, really young and they didn't understand, They're like, well, but why, why is that news? And I'm like, well, I'm so glad you don't think it's news because that means this generation is going to be incredible. But they right. thought that was so weird that people cared. Mm. Um, so, you know, and of course we have surrogacy. So we have, you know, a different egg donor, we have a different surrogate. And I, I, I think it's really important for our kids to know exactly how they came to be. Uh, so I want them to know their surrogate. I want them to know their egg donor. I just want them to all, you know, all to be one big happy family so that they can, you know, just live in their truth. Tan France was on an earlier episode and he's also a new father and he was talking about how he's going to have to like have books to show his son about like uh, straight relationships. It's like the opposite. It's like, you know, he's just going to yeah. grow up with his two dads and it's just for him, like you say, that's just going to be life. And, you know, that's, yeah, that's a big part of uh, a mission here at Parents is just showing the diversity of family life and here on this podcast too, and just all the different ways that families can be families. It's so wonderful. Yeah. Everyone's so unique. We got to celebrate that. Absolutely. So now your husband, Michael, has talked about how close he was to his sister growing up. And do you have high hopes for your twins to have a similar bond? And you had a sister growing up too. What was your relationship like? You know, it was great. Uh, it wasn't like my husband and his sister. When you're twins, I feel like it's so much better because you immediately have a best friend and that is your best friend for life. And that's how they are today. When my sister, she was three years older than me. So we were really close until we hit puberty. And then of course we fought like cats and dogs and now we're very close again. So, you know, I think those teenage years, uh, we really, you know, did that whole brother, sister, you know, didn't like each other. <laughs> for a while. Yep. But then, you know, of course, when you grow up, you're like, oh gosh, I didn't realize how much I love you. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, so it, it, I feel like she's my twin now. We have that relationship. So we talk a lot on this podcast about parenting personalities. What do you feel like your parenting personality is? Like, what kind of dad are you? And is Michael different? And how are you kind of going to work together? Is there a good cop, bad cop situation? Or what's the dynamic there, do you think? <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, I think now that, you know, I'm, I waited a little time and I'm an older dad, 
I don't worry as much. I, th- I feel like if I had kids like my friends did when they were early 20s, that they were freaking out because they didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know what to expect. But now, now that I'm 42, I'm, I'm way more chill about the whole scenario. I, I, you know, and I think our kids kind of feel that too, because they're very calm kids too. And my husband's the same way. We're just very calm and chill. Uh, we don't let things bother us too much, but I think if I can kind of tell the personalities now, I think my husband's going to be more of like the pushover and they're, they're going to get their way with him and me, you know, I'm going to be the fun, cool dad, but I'm also going to be the one to, uh, you know, stick with the, uh, the discipline more than Michael, I think. I feel like with early babyhood, there are a lot of different products out there and like a lot of different like things to kind of help you parent better. Is there anything that you anything that you swear by generally, whether it's like swaddling or like playing with certain kind of music? Is there anything that's making parenthood a little easier for you? Oh, yes. There's so many great things that we have found. And it's only been eight weeks and we have some, you know, some incredible, and every baby's different, right? But what works for us, the snoo has been incredible, especially with twins, because, you know, when you can't get to both at the same time and they're screaming and they're hungry, at least, you know, one of them in the snoo, it might put them back to sleep. So that's been a lifesaver. The same thing with the Brezza, the baby Brezza maker, uh, the bottle maker has been so great and it gives you so much time back. Uh, and, I, and I think that's especially with twins. You have no time. You know, every hour, hour and a half, you're doing something with one of them. So it, just, right. it doesn't stop. So any kind of any kind of shortcuts like that with the, the Brezza or the Snoo um, is it, just great. But we also swear by swaddling. Um, I think we're complete expert swaddlers now. We even have competitions who can swallow them the quickest. And I win, <laughs> of course. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's fun. I think it's fun. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So, how do you handle like with feedings in the night? Do you tag team? Do you do you sort of do one night on, one night one night off? How do you kind of balance it between the two of you? Yeah, well, we're very lucky that most nights we have a night nurse, so uh, she allows us to sleep, which I think is so important because that sleep deprivation is oof, it's something. Yep, it's real. It, it, it's real. So we're very, very lucky to be able to have help on most nights. But the nights that we don't uh, have help, our schedule is. My husband doesn't sleep very well. He uh, he has complete insomnia, so he'll take the night shift. So he'll stay up with him till six in the morning, and then I take over from six in the morning on, and he gets to sleep at that time. Sounds like a good system. Um, have you? So your godfather to Joey Fatone's daughter is Brianna and Chloe, right? So first of all, what's that role mean to you? And also, have you chosen godparents for your twins yet? Are you going to? I think the godparents for us chose themselves. <laughs> You know, I'm a, I'm a Baptist person, so I don't. We really don't do godparents, but uh, I think it's fun because I'm a godparent to three kids, and it's amazing. I became a godparent to Brianna when I was really young, you know, my early early 20s. So I didn't I didn't know what that even meant, or you know, I didn't know how to be a dad, you know, figure at all. So I wish I could go back and like do the things I wish I would have done now, you know, be a little more present and, you know, done all the godfathery things, but I just didn't know what I was doing. I've gotten better at it with my, my younger God children right now. <laughs> Our godmother is uh, Lisa Vanderpump. She's just been so, so great and so excited for these kids. She's come over, already fed them and, uh, and uh, she's just a really incredible fairy godmother. I love that. And so between Joey and Lisa, and I'm sure you have a lot of friends who are parents, do you have any kind of pieces of advice that they've given you that you, that have stuck with you? 
Hmm. You know, people are very scared to give advice these days. It's true. A lot of people are like, ooh, unsolicited advice, don't want it. But me, I'm all open for it. I'm like, hey, give me every advice you can give me. Some people are very scared, you know, to, to, to do that. One of the the best things that we've we've learned is, you know, really, really the take the time for yourself. You know, when you do have someone able to watch the kids for an hour, you know, make it a spa time, you know, go in there and give yourself a facial or get a, you know, get in a bubble bath. But I think it's real important to give yourself, you know, you time every once in a while so you can become just a, a fresher parent to be able to, uh, uh, I don't know, just have a little more energy for them. I think that's true. Sometimes parents will feel guilty about that time that they have away from their kids. But I always agree and say that it makes you a better parent if you can actually have that downtime. And then, you know, you're not as frazzled when you are actually with your kids. So it's important. You got to put your oxygen mask on first. That's what we always say here at Parents. That's right. So um, lastly, what are your hopes and dreams for your family for the future? Would you ever want more kids? I know it's like very early days having twins, but like, what, <laughs> what is your kind of like looking forward to the future with your family? Do you have anything that you aspire towards? I can't wait to be a helicopter parent. Um, <laughs> I'm already like planning their lives. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it's, you know, I, I definitely, you know, I've always thought I've wanted three or four. So I'm definitely wanting an, another one. My husband's like, can we just wait a little while and then decide? I'm like, of course, but I'm really ready to go <laughs> for the third one right now. But my, my hopes and dreams for them is just to have a, you know, a blessed life I want them to be kind and I want the world to be kind to them. And I know they're in a, uh, a special situation, you know, um, kids to public figures, but also, you know, gay parents. And I know it's going to be a struggle uh, in some parts of their lives, but I hope that they become so strong that that just rolls off of them, you know, and maybe they can teach this world, you know, something a little positive. I just pray for kind children. On that beautiful, lovely note, Lance, thank you so much for coming on We Are Family. It's just been such a pleasure to chat with you. You too, Julia. Very nice to meet you. Thanks so much for listening to my conversation with Lance Bass. Next time, you'll hear from the creator of some of the best-loved kids' TV shows around today, including Ridley Jones and Doc McStuffins. Producer and writer Chris Nee talks about identity, parenthood, and found family. Be sure to follow We Are Family on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen so you don't miss an episode. And we'd love your feedback. If you could rate this podcast and leave us a review, we'd really appreciate it. You can also find us online at parents.com slash wearefamilypodcast. We Are Family is presented by me, Julia Dennison, and produced by Sam Walker. Editing is by Vincent Cachione. And thanks also to the rest of our production team at Pod People, Rachel King, Matt Sav, and Danielle Roth. We'll see you back here next week for more We Are Family.